Good morning, you've reached the New York Yankees headquarters of the world champions. I'm sorry, who are you? Mr. Neander from the Tampa Bay Rays? Oh, uh, you wish to speak to Mr. Cashman. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Neander, I'm looking here and I see you're on a do not call list. Goodbye. Welcome to Baseball Biz with the special Raise Up edition of Baseball Biz. And together, here I am, Mark Carbett, with none other than Mr. Brandon Noway. How you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing really good, Mark. How about you? I am doing fantastic, brother. It has been an exciting week for the Rays. A real head-scratcher in some ways, but exciting. Uh, this week, we got some things to talk about, don't we? We do. And, I mean, the Rays... Of course, there's always no shortage for topics, and of course, we have plenty for this week. Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest ones, I think, really right. caught us a lot of us off guard, and that was the trade with Willie Adamas. Yeah, and I, I remember you even kind of speculated it in the offseason. I don't remember if we talked about it on the show, but we definitely did, at least off-air. You were saying that the Reds were possibly a, a landing spot for them, but you got the division right, but just the wrong team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you know, we had that little comedy bit at the beginning, and that was really all about the trades. Because one thing we know is Mr. Eric Neander, the general manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, he is very shrewd and decisive about who he's trading. So there's a lot of pain in our hearts about what happened as fans of the Rays with Willie. But I'm confident that this trade will pan out. You know, we got the fire rising there, man. <laughs> fire rising, and, uh, and and he's coming. A couple of other things. We'll, we'll go into Will in just a moment. But we're going to take a look at this winning streak the Rays have been enjoying. We're going to take a look at the new guy, actually one who wasn't part of the trade, but who came up, and that's Mr. Taylor Walls. And what else we got on the agenda? We have here, some more former Rays. A couple of them made the... The USA roster. That's right. So we'll go into that. We'll take a look at Willie, the history he's had with the Rays, and what he's done for them and where he is now, what's happening with that. So that's what we're going to be covering today. So let's get cracking, my friend, that this was a surprise. I mean, while you and I had talked about it in the past, I think I was still stunned. I thought, well, maybe it'll come toward the end of the season. But if, if you look at some of Willie's numbers lately at the plate, it's understandable why they did that. Yeah, and it really came out of nowhere. The, the rumors really seemed to die down as the season came on. And, you know, at the plate, Willie, he's kind of like the tail of two different batters. On the road, he's hitting closer to 300. But at home, he's hitting, I don't even think he's hitting 200. So at the plate, he's inconsistent. And but in the outfield or in the field, he's actually really grown as a defender because I remember when he first came up, we would always talk about how he's bouncing the ball the first. And we really haven't had that problem that much lately. No, not at all. I mean, I, I've been really encouraged by what I've seen from him it's, it's, as far as being out there at the field. I, I had high expectations for him developing more so at the plate, but it is, it's a big change because when Neander makes a decision about this, he has to look down at, on a piece of paper, scratch out you know all the pros, all the cons, and figure out what, what happens. But if he's looking just at analytics, I feel like there's a part 
of Willie Adamas that isn't going to show up in that type of paper on a spreadsheet. Yeah, and, you know, you can't... The thing with analytics is they're good when you can use them, but the thing that they don't measure, as cliche as it is, is, you know, the personality and what you bring to the team. Because we always see it. He's always top step of the dugout. He celebrates more for other guys hitting homers than he does for his own. And that's something you really can't measure with an analytic. No, the, the enthusiasm, the energy he brings to that dugout, the celebration nature of what he's done, I thought was really important for the team too, is how he welcomes the new players. You know, here's this guy, I think he's that, what, I think William may be 25 years old now. But when a Rosarina came, you know, he's, first off, you're, you're dealing with people who have English as a second language or who are still learning it. And Willie can go ahead and, and communicate with them on both ways. So I, I feel like there's a bond there when you're coming into a whole new situation. And if there's something familiar, like a language, it's a great way to start. But above and beyond that, the welcoming, friendly nature of Willie Damas has done a lot for that. And then when we look at uh, Manuel Margot, oh my gosh, you know, this, this poor young man, he had a tragedy in his life you know, not, not long after he came to the race. I mean, loss of his father. But you could see in the dugout, you know, Willie sitting next to him, maybe even having his arm around him. But he was there. He was there for compassion, for understanding, and just to listen. Those are things that Mr. Neander cannot sit down and analyze. So those are things that we have lost and that aren't going to just pop back up. I heard uh, Topkins on the radio today saying something about somebody asking, well, do you think Brad Phillips with all his energy that he'll come in and replace Willie with that kind of positive energy and, and kind of a, a cheerleader for the team. And Topkins, you know, just sensed it. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but he has that, he said something about having the potential, but he didn't see it happening today. You know, Willie built himself into that. I mean, he, he came into this team, and when you think about it, he, he's, he's been with us, what, since uh, 2014? Yeah, he's been around here forever. It seems like just yesterday everybody was talking about when's Adamas going to get here. And I remember it was him and Bauer. They were going to be the two guys that would take the race to glory. And now, just like that, they're both gone. And it's crazy how fast time goes. Oh, my. I know. I, I saw those two as a pair that I thought we'd see for several years together. And then off to Cleveland goes Bar. And, you know, but Willie was still here. Let's see. I'm looking here. He said, what? Uh, I guess the first three. He started out with uh, the Detroit Tigers. And then uh, we did a trade. And from, I think, what, 2014 to 2017, Willie was in the Rays minor league system, which I think we all can celebrate as a uh, a great farm system who develops talent. And Adamus, you know, certainly did. He would see at one point, he was like 15th on the baseball prospectus list for 2018. And see, in that season, he also was at Durham, but he was called up after 68, 64 games he was 22 years old. By the way, I think, uh, what is Franklin now? Is he 21? I believe 20? he's 21. 21. I know he's younger than me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and see, I mean, he had some great moments in the field. We know that, but it, he, it just didn't carry on. Uh, another little nugget I found interesting today, now that we're bringing up the new guy, Taylor Walls, that it's three years to the day that we brought Willie up. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of ironic. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, Neander sits over the slide roll and a calendar, 
and figures that out. Because you and I were texting today. He said, well, Mark, does that mean that we got another three years before we see Franco? <laughs> I hope not. So that shortstop position, though, has been interesting anyway. I mean, if we evaluate, what, looking at that race uh, prospect, we're looking at the top 10 prospects in the race system right now. And what was it, five of them have a shortstop as the, one of the positions that they would be playing? Adamas, he was up there, I think, like in the top 15 of all prospects when he was coming up in like 2018. Yeah, 15th in the baseball prospectus list. He was there at Durham, and then after about 64 games, they called him up here to, to Tampa. I mean, he, he just fit in. He just seemed like a puzzle piece that was needed, not just because what he would do on the field, because like you said, he was a little lacking in the beginning. But the energy and the camaraderie, uh, you know, I can't say enough about that young man there. Yeah, I remember the, the energy he had, I felt fit the Rays perfectly. And when he came in, of course, the Rays were, you know, they were struggling at that time. And it was sort of like one of those moments where it's like, okay, the future is here now. This is when everything's going to start to get better. And I believe he hit, did he hit a walk-off homer one of his yeah. first games? Yeah. <laughs> what a way to start, right? I tell you. What a way to start. <laughs> it is. So anyway, yeah, we, we saw him. We looked again at Adamas as one of the 15th uh, on the baseball perspective coming up. And, and three years later after he joins and he's gone, three years to the day, we've got uh, Taylor Walls. So, wow. And I'm sorry, but could we technically consider Taylor Walls a hometown kid? I mean, he, he did go to Florida State. That's not exactly right around the corner, but it is kind of local. Well, he, he was kind of local when you consider him his breaking into the uh, major leagues the other day with us. In the COVID era at the Little Tech Data Park, he brought in 30 family members and friends. <laughs> what, was, what was that, about 10% of the total stand that, he, that day? I don't know. I mean, probably, but hey, that was a little off topic. That's a really cool little stadium they had. It is. It is. And we'll come back to that in a minute because – and the impact of that. But let's let's talk again about the trade. So, or, or get coming to it, because going back to Willie, coming back to Willie, what we do see is, you know, his, his step now, he's moved on with the Brewers. You always wonder what's going to happen. A young man like that, 25, he has built his identity with this team for the last several years, and now he's been moved. How is that going to develop? Especially there, there's nobody familiar, et cetera. But, in fact, there are. I mean, the Brewers, they had a couple of uh, Tampa Bay Rays alums there. They got Avi Garcia and Daniel Robertson. So, when he comes out to the field, you know, he's got a couple of faces and names that he can talk to. These are guys that aren't sitting on the bench either. Yeah, and they're guys that he's played with. And I think he does have, you know, a little bit of uh, experience to fall back on. Because it might be better to be traded when you're 25 versus the first time around when he's like, 18 or 19, yeah. just a kid having to uproot everything and move to a completely new city, state, organization. Well, I, again, I hope it goes well. I see, I think he got a hit in the walk in the last couple of days, not necessarily going up over like 250 or something, but we'll see how that develops for Willie. So I'm excited about that. But but looking at the trade and looking at bringing in Fire Rising, one of the things I saw, and this is a quote from you know Mr. Zanino, 
he was asked, you know, how he felt about the, about the new guy, how it was working out. So here's what he had to say. He's, he's going to help us out a lot. You know, um, it's, it's never easy losing a guy, uh, you know, uh, of Willie's status in the clubhouse as a player. But you understand that, you know, what we're doing here is to ultimately try to help our team win. Seeing what he brought to the table tonight, you're getting thrown right into the fire. Uh, the way his stuff played, I think he's going to be able to, you know, really help us down this down this long haul of the this summer going into, you know, September. But, I mean, a great arm, really attack guys well. Um, you know, it, it's going to be fun to catch him. And then, then he was asked about the fastball. And this is what he had to say about his new pitcher's fastball. Yeah. Um, heck, I asked what his velo was usually, and his first pitch was 95. So I was like, all right, this is pretty good. But, uh, no, I, it, has a, it has an easy jump to it, whether you want to call it carry, whether you want to call it spin rate. Whatever you want to call it, 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 it gets on guys, you know. And uh, when, when guys have that and they can command it, you know, you know, in that top half of the zone, you, it makes it tough, you know, for hitters to get on top of that pitch. He came in, he filled the strike zone up. You know, I, I thought he made some really good pitches to Vladdy with the walk. But, you know, in that situation, you know, the guy's arguably the hottest hitter in baseball. I mean, you got, you got to pick your spots there. Then he came right back in, filled the zone, and made some big pitches. Okay. Now, from Zanino, that's high praise. I mean, here he is. He's a guy who's been in the game for a while. And by the way, he and Mr. Mejia, he and Mr. Mejia have done a great job crunching some home runs recently. Yeah, I mean, they really kind of carry this offense. And I think that's really good. That helps me feel a little bit better about the trade. I still feel a little bit conflicted about it, as I've been telling you ever since it happened. So hearing this from Zanino, the phrase he gave, I mean... Having scouting reports on pitchers, I'd rather hear it from a catcher than a GM because the catcher actually is probably the best guy that can read the pitcher other than the pitching coach. He's the guy who's given the signs. He's the guy who has to have the best rapport with that pitcher. So uh, not just like you, I look at the quote from Zanino is, is more important than just for the manager, general manager, or anybody else. So that's, that's encouraging. I'm excited about that. You know, at first I thought – well, who's this Taylor Walls guy though? Now, is that was he part of the trade? Oh no, no, he's not a new guy. Not a new guy to the Rays organization. And Taylor Walls here, he is the new guy. And here's what he had to say joining the team. Man, I'm just happy to be here. Um, happy to share a clubhouse with these guys. Blessed for the opportunity. It's been an exciting past you know few hours for myself and my family and all the people back home. So at this point, I'm I'm kind of just you know ready to put the uni on and go out and play. Wow. So here he is. He's with, he comes to uh, Tech Data Stadium. He brings 30 family and friends to celebrate as he comes to the field. And man, does he make a difference. I, I'd love to start like that. That's quite a bit of impact. Yeah, it is. And I mean, that's, I read he also, when he was in Durham, when he got the call, his parents were going to be there anyways, just for a visit, just to visit him. And they ended up having to make another road trip down to Dunedin because he ended up getting a call up. So that's a heck of a <laughs> surprise. And I'm, I'm kind of impressed by him so far. Now, what did he do? Did he start out with like a double? I believe it was a double. So, I mean, that's impressive right there. Well, looking at that, he, if I think he had a double like two days in a row, he was out there, he was making a difference. He was out there. In Creek. He was out there creating excitement. So I was glad to see that too. It's, it was more impressive than Padlow, who struggled, and I believe he, I don't even think he got a hit. 
his whole time yeah. up here. Well, he's a welcome addition to the team. So I'm glad he's here, brother. I'll tell you that much. But it was interesting, too, looking at the performance of the Rays. This is being recorded, by the way, on Monday morning before the final game of the series with the Blue Jays in Dunedin. And it it has been a wicked week for the Blue Jays with us there. Don't worry. I want you to think about this. Home run friendly parks. Do you know what the number one home run friendly park is in MLB? Oh, off the top of my head, I'd say Yankee Stadium. Close. Camden Yard. Who did we play earlier this week or last week? <laughs> I believe it was Baltimore. There you go. So there's the Orioles. So we've been we played there. And now the number two home run friendly park has been Tech Data Park. So we've had a couple of friendly parks these last few games. And the thing that you remember is it isn't just a one-way street. Uh, it, it, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed watching all these games. But Friday, Friday, we had, oh, gosh. Uh, I stayed up late. You know, I had to have a couple extra cups of coffee to, to stay up and see that game because we were going into 12 innings. I was switching back and forth with them and the Marlins game because the Marlins went, to, I think, 13 that night. It was nuts. <laughs> Everybody loves extra inning baseball, it seems. Some people hate the idea of having somebody starting on second on the 10th inning, but uh, <laughs> it may have gone into 17 innings if we hadn't had something like that. <laughs> hey, it's a bad idea until you actually have to sit through it, and it's 12, oh. 30, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's crazy. But we wound up winning that. What was the final score on that? That was huge. Was it 9-7? Yeah, 9-7. 9-7. And the thing about it was we came, we came in late, and Vlad Jr. came in. And I think he came, he came in with two runs at the end, if I remember correctly. Crazy. <laughs> hey, it wasn't pretty, but at the end of the day, it, it counts as a win. Absolutely. And and then Sunday. Sunday was South Korea Day in some ways in Dunedin because the pitcher, Ryu, and our guy, Choi, basically had a high school reunion. These guys went to the same high school together. Yeah, I think they missed each other by about a year, roughly, as Ryu went out Choi came in. And so that was really cool to see. I mean, how often do you see guys who went to the same high school play each other in the majors? And Choi, how about him? Ever since he came back from the IL, he's been on fire. Oh, man. I know. Uh, he and Kiermaier both went game, but Choi has been consistent. And, you know, I, I saw in the crowd somebody was celebrating because while Ryu was at uh, pitching and Choi was at bat, there's, I think, one gentleman and a lady with him, too. They were holding up the South Korean flag. I thought, yeah, man, you know, you got the best of both worlds out there. You got either a guy who's doing great pitching or you got who's going to be doing great hitting. And I thought that was a neat way to celebrate that. <laughs> hey, depending on how it went, you could say you were rooting for either guy. That's it. You know, One guy who wasn't celebrating was Tyler Chatwood, pitcher for the uh, Blue Jays, relie- reliever, if you will. Oh, yeah, I watched that ninth inning, and even though it went in our favor, that was rough to watch. Oh, gosh. I mean, what, we went into the ninth, and I think, were the Jays leading four to two? Oh, let's see. So in the ninth inning, Tyler Chatwood comes in, and in two-thirds of an inning, he gets two hits off of him. He gets two walks and four earned runs. Ah. 
And those wouldn't be earned runs except that when they pulled him from the game, and you can see he's arguing with Charlie Montoya. Charlie, don't pull me from this. I can do it. I can do it. And I thought they were going to have uh, more than words out there uh, at the mound when you know, he came out for the ball. Charlie, uh, that is. Yeah, he, he didn't look too happy to be pulled, even though I think it was warranted. But what made it worse is the guy that they brought in. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Travis Bergen. Yes, that's him. And he came in. He, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He just, it was awful. Right. So so for the final third of the top of the ninth, Travis comes in, and those four earned runs, well, they came in the form, part of that came from Travis as three walks. <laughs> if we didn't have walks, we would not have won that game. We, we would be nowhere near it. But we wound up closing the game out with, what, six to four, closing it out. We went into it four, where we were down. We had... It would have been two to four at the beginning of the ninth inning, but then the Rays came up and put four more on top of it to win it. Hey, all all three of these games in this series for the Rays have been ugly wins. So yeah, it's good to know that if they have to, they can win ugly games. Which we can I mean, win you, ugly. You have to <laughs> every now and then, especially in the postseason. <laughs> oh god! Oh, good gravy, brother! I, I don't know. I enjoyed watching it, even like you said. I don't know if I'd call it must-see TV, but sometimes I feel like uh, one of those people who rubberneck on the interstate would say, looking at a car accident. That's <laughs> kind of what it felt like in the ninth inning with the Blue Jays. God love them. You, because here's the thing. In the AL East, we've got, we've got at least four really good teams. You know, the Red Sox have been leading the AL East. Yankees are good. We're good. And the Blue Jays, I mean, they've been developing. And you think it's some of the people they brought in, what, Springer and Simmons and who else? What's going on with that team? They've, they've been doing well. Yeah, and it's been, it's going to be a crazy year for the East. We thought it would be a three-team race with the, the Jays, Rays, and Yankees. But it could be a four-team race with those three teams and the Red Sox, who the Rays are yeah. tied with at the moment of recording for first place, and the Yankees, who they've gotten hot all of a sudden. They're only a half a game back. Well, let's take a look at that because what's happening here with the upcoming games? The, the, the Rays are going to be coming back to the trial. They're going to be facing Kansas City and the Phillies. Kansas City, I don't normally think of as, as doing much more than middle of the road. So I think we should be able to win that series. The Phillies, they haven't really done much either. The Phillies, to me, they're kind of like a weird team where it seems like they've underwhelmed, but... Like at the drop of the hat, it seems like they could easily turn it around and go on a tear. Just hopefully they don't do it against the Rays. That would be nice. It's been an exciting couple of weeks. Like I said, I'm curious to see how this plays out. I'm curious to see how the Yankees do. Okay, well, I, well I'm looking here then, Brandon. We're sharing the AL East with the Red Sox, with a team that I don't think either one of us thought would be doing that fantastic, but have been really carrying the lead for the AL East. I think it's the first time anybody's actually – at least come up and, and shared it with them. So we'll see how we can continue with that. There's going to be a game today. This is Monday, Monday afternoon. The last game at Tech Data Park for the Blue Jays is they will be moving up to Buffalo at Salinger Field. And I'm curious how that will be when you've changed. They, they could potentially change their home ballpark three different times this year. It could be Dunedin. It could be Buffalo. And maybe... 
in Rogers Stadium proper before the season's over. Man, I, I honestly feel bad for them because they haven't actually had a true home game in two years. And that's going to be weird going from playing home games in minor league ballparks and then going back to your normal stadium, which is huge. It is. It's, it's going to be wild. And I'm, at that point, too, it's going to be interesting to see how they do with the uh, COVID and percentage of attendance. All that will be changing. I don't have the numbers yet, but we'll see how that goes with the upcoming games here at the TROP. I know down here, at least in the, the States, attendance figures are quickly rising in all sports. But I watched the NHL playoffs last night in Winnipeg, and there weren't any fans there. And I believe that's in all of the Canadian arenas up there. They don't have any fans well, talking about Champa Bay, we'll just briefly mention that uh, if, if baseball went with the same safety precautions as hockey, we'd have two-thirds of our team out after the beating that went on with the, uh, the Lightning last night. Ooh. Yeah, that was a, a bit of an ugly, hard-hitting game on Saturday afternoon, but hopefully by the time this airs, whether it's Monday night or Tuesday morning, the Lightning have already punched their ticket to the next round and eliminated the stinking Panthers. There you go, Champa Bay, move on. All right, so one, I'm glad that the Rays aren't playing hockey. And I'm, <laughs> I'm at, yeah, and but they are returning to the drop, and we'll see what happens, man. I'm, I'm excited. The season continues to grow. You know, we, we lost a great guy. I mean, a fantastic game that um, the Brewers have. Uh, he's going to be a fantastic shortstop, and I – I hope to see that his batting actually increases unless he's facing us sometime in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Any other final words to share with our fans? Um, I have two things. I want a shout out to Scott Kazmier, who at 37 years old, he returned to the majors with the Dodgers, or not the Dodgers, with the Giants, where he faced the Dodgers, who he actually played, played for a few years ago. And he went, he closed out the game. He went, Four innings, gave up only one earned run with two strikeouts, but he unfortunately got the loss. So not not a horrible outing from him coming back. And another shout-out to former Rays Logan Forsyth, Edwin Jackson, and Matthew Libertor, who have been named to the USA Baseball Olympic roster. So a good congratulations to them, and hopefully they can bring home the gold. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that too. We'll see what happens. It's an exciting week for the Rays. All I can say is raise up. Yes, boys and girls, it's been yet another edition of Baseball Biz with Rays as our primary focus. And we will be back later this week with the regular Baseball Biz. Brandon, they can find you where? They can find me at Sports Blitz Pod. All right, at Sports Blitz Pod on Twitter. And you can find me, Mark Corbett, at The Baseball Biz. Also, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Oh, we're everywhere. We hope to hear from you again real soon. And uh, please go ahead and subscribe to us, like us, you love us. <laughs> and we'll talk with you all again real soon. Music provided by Scott Holmes. Stomps and claps. <laughs>